Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We have a great tradition at White's Chapel in the fall that we've been doing for a number of Septembers that I really like, and that is we take a very famous, very favorite, beloved scripture, and we spend the whole month diving deep into it. So this year we're doing one of the the most beloved, one of the ones we know the best, the story, the parable of the prodigal son that we find in Luke chapter 15. And we're going to be spending some time looking at this great scripture. Now, there is a danger with a passage like this, to be honest with you. And that is, I, I know this from my own life. This was a scripture that my pastors growing up in North Louisiana loved, was their favorite. I heard the sermon on this scripture at least every two months. So there is one scripture I know very well. And so there is a danger sometimes with a passage like that. And that is we immediately think, oh, I know this one. And we mentally just kind of check out or we go back to the same thoughts we've always had and we, we think we've got this one down. But there is so much truth there. There is a depth here that I urge us not to do that. Spend some time this month with this text and go deeper because God has something profound to teach us about. So we're going to begin today by talking about the the younger son, the prodigal in the story. Next week, we're going to talk about the elder brother, the elder son in the story. Then in two weeks, we're going to talk about the father and see what Jesus teaches us about the nature of God's love. And so we're going to have a wonderful time with this great parable. Now, I was thinking about this as we introduce it today, and in Pastor Todd and my study, I, several years ago, bought two classic photographs that I really like, and they're there by the door of the study. So when I leave, they make me smile because they're really cute pictures that were taken, but they also preach me a sermon. So every time I see them, I remember the sermon. And this one that we're going to see today is actually the lesson this younger brother is going to have to learn the hard way. The name of the picture is called Pie in the Sky. Let me share it with you. Now, I like this on so many levels. First off, it's cute. But the other thing, if you want to know what I looked like when I was four or five years old, (laughs) that's it. That's little John Eric when I was a little boy. And it also captures one of my challenges or sins through the year. And that is, notice that little boy. He's looking up at that pie. If you look over to the right, his glass is ready. His milk is ready. He just doesn't know, quite know how to get to the pie. My challenges in my life, there always seems to be things just out of my reach. That if I could just get there, boy, I'd be happy. If I could just figure out how to get there, it's the grass is greener syndrome. It's that sense that somehow we're missing something. And if we could just get to that other pasture, we would find what we need for life to work. And I can't tell you through the years how many times that grass is greener, pie in the sky thinking has has been a problem for me. I remember thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, if you could just let me pass the CPA exam. Everything in life is just going to be perfect and wonderful. Or, Lord, let me get that job. Or, let me get that appointment. Or, Lord, please let us raise the budget or get over whatever hurdle we're facing in the church. Lord, if you will just help us do that, I promise you I'll be happy. I'll live happily ever after. Things are going to be wonderful. I am going to do it right if I can get to that pie up there that I can't reach. We need to be careful about that kind of thinking. 
Because what happens with that kind of thinking is we get so focused on what we don't have, we don't see what we do have. And we miss the, the blessings and the magic and the miracles of right now. Now, when will we learn that the key to life is not getting what we want, but wanting it after we get it? It's not trying to get what we think will make us happy. It's trying to keep happiness, what we get, whatever we were chasing. And so we see that lesson in our scripture for today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the beginning of the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 19. Luke 15, 11 through 19. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. Now, before we dive into this text, I want us to back off for a moment and look at the big picture. In Luke chapter 15, we actually have three parables about the nature of God's love. You remember, it's the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son. Now, I want us to notice the differences in these parables because the distinction is really important for our understanding. First is think about that lost sheep. That lost sheep got, that sheep got lost because that's just his nature. Sheep aren't that smart. They don't pay attention. They just wander off because that's what sheep do. The coin got lost through no fault of its own. The bad thing, getting lost, just happened. But not the son. The son had a, a choice to make. You see, the father's desire was that the son be safe that the father lived with connection with him. He wanted to protect him, and yet the father did not demand that the son stay loyal to him. He gave him a choice, and the son exercised that choice. It's the nature of God's love. God wants us all to choose him and to live in connection with him and to know that he is right with us, but God does not demand our obedience. God gives us all free will that we can operate. So as we dive into this scripture, um, there's a couple of things that usually distract us, and that is there are some vivid details in this story that we get kind of sometimes lost in those details and, and don't get the deeper messages there. One is the audacity of the son to go to his dad and ask for his inheritance. Now, it's not really polite or proper to do that right now, but in that day and time, that was scandalous, that was unheard of, that was a shocking detail. And the second is the way that he kind of just ran through his inheritance, the way he blew it. I love the way the text said in, 
and dissolute living. I love the King James Version and riotous living. Our minds can just go all kind of places with what was going on with that. But think about the very word prodigal. Remember what it means if you look up in the dictionary? A prodigal is spending money or resources freely and recklessly, a spendthrift or someone who squanders the wealth that he was given. And sometimes we want to focus on the bad thing that he did, but we need to take a moment and get in his shoes. Think about what was he thinking? What led him to this moment? The truth of the matter is he was living, working in a family business with a strong father who obviously um, had great character, ran the family business, and his older brother was very much like his father, a strong personality, and he knew his older brother would inherit the business. He would spend his whole life working for these strong personalities, and he's thinking, you know, I want to live on my own. I want to go my own way. I want to figure out life on my own. I don't always want to be in somebody's shadow. So he asks for his inheritance, and he thinks he knows what will make him happy. So he heads out with high hope and high ambition, but he looks for meaning in all the wrong ways. And where does it lead him? To a pig pen, to a hog trough, in that far away land with that dissolute, riotous living. A famine comes in the land, and he goes broke. He loses all his money. He loses all of his newfound friends. He has to take the most despicable job that he could imagine. He doesn't have enough food to feed himself. He is all alone. He is at the bottom. And all the things he thought, all that pie in the sky he was chasing, he, he had none of it. It disappointed him. It left him empty. And in that rock bottom place, he dreamed of home, and he realized the depth of his father's love that he had taken for granted. Um. <clears throat> My name is Todd, and I'm a prodigal. I am, I'm one of those who have taken the Father's love for granted. I'm one of those who've taken the Father's grace and mercy and forgiveness for granted. I'm one of those who've taken the Father for granted, turning my back to Him to go in pursuit, to go chasing that, that greener grass always over there on the other side of the fence, and whenever it's gone brown, I've just simply spray painted it green, really. I have. Two years ago, Carrie and I had put our house up on the market and the photographer, the morning the photographer was coming over to take pictures of the house, we walked out and noticed that, that two of our boxwood shrubs out in, in front of the shed had died and we didn't have any time to go and replant them. So y'all know my wife. We went to her little craft box and we just got out some good old Krylon green and we went to work and we painted us some grass, we painted us some bushes. My name is Todd, and I am a qualified, I am without a doubt, I'm officially a, a prodigal, because that's where it has to start. That's, that's where every healing journey has to start, like every recovery program, that's where it has to start with, 
with us just being real, with us admitting it, admitting our struggles, it begins with us naming it, defining it, defining what it is that we're up against, defining what it is that we're actually trying to do. What is it that we're actually trying to, to chase and to catch? What, what emptiness is it? What emptiness is it that we're, we're really trying to fill? Because our prodigalness, it's, it's never about the, the obvious thing. It's always about the thing underneath the thing. Our, our prodigalness, it's never just about the booze or, or the drugs or the, the, the sex or the spending or the shopping or the money or the work or the job. It's always about something different, deeper. It's about some, some, some deeper need, some, some deeper brokenness. It's always about filling some, some deeper emptiness. I mean, just, just look at this guy right here, this, this kid. He probably had everything. Growing up, this kid, he probably had everything that he needed. Probably not everything that he wanted, but everything that he needed for sure. But it still it wasn't enough. There was something else. There was something else nagging at him. Maybe, maybe, maybe what he was looking for, maybe, maybe it was just respect. Maybe it was honor. Maybe it was recognition. Maybe it was a moment outside of his brother's shadow. Maybe, maybe what he was needing, what he was wanting, maybe it was just that sensation, that feeling, that fulfillment that we get after we put in a good hard day's worth of work. That a day whenever we're doing exactly what we know God put us on earth to do. All we know, whatever it was, whatever it is that this guy got himself into, this, this riotous living, this dissolute living, all we know is that it didn't do for him what he expected it to do. All we know is it didn't do for him what he wanted it to do, that he, he squandered it. He, he squandered those moments, those opportunities, he squandered he squandered that money and, and all because he, like so many of us, he didn't actually know. He had never actually defined what it was he was chasing. He didn't actually know what he needed. He let the world define that. And just like it always does, it ran amok. Just like everything, it went wild, it got out of hand. And, and I don't know, I don't know if y'all saw it a couple of months ago, there was there was this article in the newspaper about this family up in Massachusetts and they were coming home from a vacation and they were nearly home whenever they crossed this busy intersection, they got stopped at a red light and, and right there at this busy intersection, this, this family found, they saw this stray dog kind of cowering in, in the corner. And obviously always it happens this way, it was the kids who saw the dog first. And they started from the back seat begging, pleading with mom and dad, oh, can we have it? Can we keep it? Can we have it? Can we keep it? And, and this family, I mean, look at that face, shivering, scared. Mom and dad didn't want anything to happen to that face, to that cute little puppy. So they opened their car and they opened their home. They, they brought it in and they washed it and they fed it. But it didn't take them too long to see that, that this little puppy, it didn't really act like any puppy they'd ever seen before. It didn't take them too long to figure out that this little puppy, it didn't really look like any puppy they'd seen before. And so they finally, they called the vet 
and their vet came over and she, the vet, had, had the, great, the great opportunity to actually tell them what they'd gotten themselves into. It was the vet who broke the glorious good news that what they had done, they had just brought a wild coyote, a coyote pup, into their family. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us are doing the same thing. How many of us are feeding this puppy? And I never realized that it's going to grow up. How many of us are feeding a puppy that's going to go wild? How many of us are playing with fire right now? Nursing habits, desires, nursing these, these thoughts in our lives that right now, they, they seem cute, they, they seem harmless, innocent, even. But when they grow up, when they go wild, they threaten to undo us, they threaten to consume us, they threaten to, to destroy us. See, it starts with us getting real. Only it gets real with, with us defining it. Defining all of those things that want to drag us away, those things that want to drag us away from the Father's side, all those things that want to drag us to the pig pen. It begins with us defining it so that we can then defy it. To fight back. I mean, just, just look at Look at this poor guy. Everything had gone wrong. He was at rock bottom and there was no one around to help. It's probably the first time in his life that that could be said of him. There was no one there to help. He was all alone in this land of famine. And so he does the only thing he thinks to do. He hires himself out. He hires himself out to, to this guy in this distant land, this guy who on the outside, it seems maybe he's a little bit like his dad. He's rich, he's powerful, he's a landowner. This guy seems to be on the outside a lot like his dad, but they couldn't be any more different on the inside. Because this guy, this guy doesn't give him a thing. The only thing that this guy gives him is a job. A dirty, stinking, humiliating job. Go tend the pigs. It was, it was a job that no self-respecting Jew would have ever stooped to take. But let's be real, this guy probably passed self-respect weeks before this. And, and so there he is. Just, just a while ago, so very, so very jealous. The son, so very jealous of his brother. But now he, here he is, so very jealous of the pigs. So very jealous of, of the hogs. He sees what they're eating and he dreams of eating it too. And that was the moment. That rock bottom moment, that, that was his moment. It was the moment whenever he finally returned to himself. It was the moment that he woke up and came to his senses. It was that moment that he started to remember. He started to remember his home and he started to remember his dad, his father's grace and compassion and love, his, his father's goodness. He started to remember, he started to remember his father's table and everyone who sat around it. It was a moment he woke up. And he remembered and, and he started to plan 
his return. And as a prodigal, that's, that's my prayer for all us prodigals. Firstly, I pray that it doesn't take that moment for us. First, I pray that it doesn't take a rock bottom moment to wake us up. But if it does, if that's what's needed, if that's what we need to wake us up, if that's the job of the rock bottoms, I pray it does its job well and quickly and safely. That it wakes us up. It makes us remember and it makes us, it makes us want to return to go back home to the Father's side because, because Christian, we Christians, Christians have a name for that moment. We call it repentance. And, and I can't preach a sermon about repentance without, without telling y'all one of my favorite stories that, that I've ever gotten to share. Some of y'all will probably have heard this before, but it's a story that came, it happened in 2014. Um, said this, uh, this article said that two passengers convinced a U.S. Air representative that their pig needed to fly with them as a therapeutic companion pet. You know, like a seeing eye dog. Um, they made such a compelling case that the agent decided to, to permit the pig to sit with them in the first class cabin of the plane. It was a decision he'd soon regret. Decisions described the 300 pound pig as quote, enormous, brown, angry, and honking. Um, he was seated in, in three seats near the front of the plane, but the attendants reportedly had difficulty strapping him in. He became restless after takeoff and sauntered through the cabin, one passenger said. He kept rubbing his nose on people's legs, trying to get them to give him food and to pet him. Upon landing, things only got worse. The pig panicked, running up and down through the economy class and squealing. Many of the passengers, also squealing, stood on their seats. It took four attendants to escort the beast off the plane, and when they finally reached the terminal, the pig escaped, only to be recaptured in another part of the airport. When asked to comment on this story, and this is the hook, when asked to comment on the story, a U.S. Airways spokesperson said, we can confirm that the pig traveled, and we can confirm that it will never happen again. <laughs> That's, that's why I love this story and why if y'all in your grace plan to ever keep me around that, you know, just get used to it because that is the utter picture of repentance. That's repentance. Yes, it happened. Yes, it, it was a mistake. And no, it'll never happen again. That's repentance. It's not some cheap, I'm sorry, lobbed up to the heavens. It's not a, an easy, empty excuse. It's us taking responsibility. It's us coming to ourselves. It's us returning to ourselves and returning to the Father. If at once we had turned away, it is us turning again, turning back, returning back to the Father, back to Him, back to home. It is us defying everything that has so easily entangled us, praying that the Holy Spirit would give us the power and the courage and the tenacity to stop, 
to stop whatever it is that keeps distracting us away, to, to stop all of those things that keep pulling us away, all of our running away and thinking away and doing away. I was praying for the power, the wisdom, the courage. Lord, help us stop. But I know that we're not all there this morning. I know that there have to be some in here this morning that, if we're being honest, we'd say we're not, we're not sure if we're ready to quit. Maybe it is that we've, we've gotten pretty comfortable in the mud. We've spent so much time with the pigs. We've maybe grown used to the slop. And if that's you this morning, if, if you have such commendable honesty that you would dare say that, think that this morning, then may I beg you just one question. Would you maybe be brave enough, would you maybe be brave enough to ask the Spirit to help you want to stop? Would you maybe ask the Spirit to, to make you want to quit, to make you want to return? Because that's how this story ends. The son returns and the father restores. It is this, this incredible, this beautiful picture of the father's love, of God's love for each and every one of us. The sun returning, the sun falling, dirty, exhausted, empty, broke, broken, falling into his father's arms. And that son, for the very first time, maybe in his life, there finding everything that it was he needed, finding everything that he was out searching for, there in the father's arms, there in that holy moment, there in that sacred embrace. Friends, we. We can, we can define it and we, we can defy it, but, but only God, only the Father, only the God that we know, only God can defeat it. Only God can redeem it. What I mean by that is that God, God has a plan for each and every one of us. God has a plan for you, something he put you on earth and only you on earth to do. Like Pastor John said, it's a choice. We, we still have the choice. We have to cooperate. And so we can either choose to, to focus on, on, on all of our problems and all the reasons why we think we can't, or we can choose to look at all the possibilities and the one and only reason that we need to know that we can. It's because God still calls us beloved. It's because God still calls you, regardless, God still calls you beloved. It's like God looks at us with all of our wounds and all of our scars and he says, yeah, you've got some bumps and you've got some bruises, but you just watch. You just watch how I'm going to use those. It's like God looks at us and he says, yeah, you spent some time wallowing with the pigs. Now I want you to soar with the eagles. God still calls us beloved. God still calls you beloved. And if that's not what you're hearing God calling you this morning, then maybe it's not God that you're hearing call you this morning. Because God's deepest wish is for us to come home. Amen. We are God's beloved. And so even if this morning, if this morning you would say, I am at rock bottom, 
here's the good news, you can still find the rock. If you would say that you are at rock bottom this morning, you can still cling to the rock, you can still build upon the rock. I know it's true because that's my story. And that's his story too. My name is Todd. And I'm a prodigal. I am a redeemed, restored, I am a forgiven prodigal. And praise God, I am on my way home. And I pray that you're on your way home with me too. Friends, as we pray. Our God, this morning we know that that we let so many things get in the way. There are so many distractions that abound. Things that want to drag us from your side. Temptations, Lord, that look, that look innocent. That look harmless, that maybe even look cute. Lord, we pray open our eyes. Open our eyes to your goodness and to your grace, Lord. God, and, and help us to choose to choose well, to choose wisely. God, help us to choose you. Come in, Lord, and free us from all of those things that, that, would, that, would, that would wanna lie to us, those things that would wanna keep us away from your side. God, whether it be doubt, whatever darkness, whatever voice it is lying in your ear that says that you can't love, that you can't use, that you can't, that you can't redeem people like us, Lord, break us free with the truth of Calvary, that you still call us beloved that you stand ready to embrace each and every one of us who would simply return. God, give us the power, the willingness to turn, to come back home. Lord, we have been in a foreign and distant land, a land of famines for far too long, God, and we are starving. May we come to your table. May we know your love in a powerful, life-changing way. So God, come to us and take us and change us and use us. Lord, use us all and only for the glory of your name, because it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.